Hey, so I have a question for you guys. Yeah. What do you call it when you have a really big candle with really fuckable hair? Oh. Um. I don't know. What do you call it, Allison? You call it a triple wickham. <laughs> Uh, that is not our joke. That is a joke made by one of our dear listeners. So Amanda, this one's for you. You get your own bit. This cold open is just for you, Amanda. You made us laugh so hard with that joke that we had to put it and pretend like it was ours, but only for a second, because then we immediately gave you credit. Yes. Proper citations. That's what we're all about. Of course. Okay. Did you, go ahead. Oh. <sighs> Man, that sounds kind of pornographic, whatever. It does sound gross. My, uh, it sounds like you're fucking an ice cube. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Back off, ice cube. Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast. Uh, well, you know what? Hold on. Because <clears throat> it's the new normal, right? Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast, a Sostin Austin podcast, volume one, Imbibe and Prejudice, episode two Fuck of yeah. the Andrew Davies 1995 A&E Pride and Prejudice. You know what? This title is very long. It this is. This is a, yeah. <laughs> uh, and no, Nancy. Did she Nancy, that was such a, God damn it, she hates this fucking chair. <laughs> what is the deal? She doesn't do this shit. Unless I'm sitting in this chair. This is going to be the new bit. Hey, Tom. I know. Can you bring me the spray bottle? Jasper, as soon as we started, uh, left the room. I saw him go down the hallway. He was like, fuck this. Enough. <laughs> You're out. I'm I've out had enough, buddy. bud. I know how this goes. Oh, man. Uh, listeners, if you were in the crowd cast for this episode, then you will know that... Um, Tom made a Bigfoot-like appearance in which he addressed the camera directly and he called truly several did. listeners by name. Oh, my God. Look at him in the background, too. He's, he's sneaking behind you Darcy style. <laughs> and he closed the mirror, slowly closed the mirror door. That hall. Um, so as you would get, and don't worry, we obviously still cover Outlander, but we've, y'all, we've branched out. Yeah. We're franchising. I yeah, don't know. Dude. We're, we're thinking is, about other properties. We are. Topics, this, you know? It's great because now, I mean, obviously, the, when we get an Outlander or trailer or something, we are, of course, going to do an episode where we'll watch it in intimate detail and then probably talk some shit and then make a bunch of jokes about how many windows the big house has and then talk about a storm and then one of us will go, doo, 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 <laughs> and like, it's all still going to happen. Don't worry. But we are uh, officially broadening our scope a little. Um, oh, that was m- my phone getting an alert saying we're supposed to start recording this. My alert sound is uh, David Tennant saying, allons-y. So that's what what you heard. Um, My wallpaper is Judy Garland looking smug. Um, (laughs) As she should. And my passcode is 960000. Anyway, yeah, so hey, this is Austin Austin episode whatever. Three episode us, right? three. three, two of actual show content, yes. one kick. So I think the actual <laughs> spiel would be: Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast. Saw and I a, a welcome to Podlander Drunkcast, a Austin uh-huh. Austin podcast, Imbibe and Prejudice episode three, and we're talking about episode two of the BBC slash A and E miniseries Pride and Prejudice, adapted by Andrew Davies. Yeah, that'll fit Ooh. in a title box. 
That would be funny to just write that on a shirt. Just the whole thing. Welcome the to Portland, a drunk cast, a sauced in Austin. Be better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it'll be. Maybe it'll be a block of text that's just our long intro, and then someone has tossed over it a be better blanket. On the back, what could it be like the our outro thank yous and all that? No, like the back is his Regency. Go with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aaron, you're <laughs> all over this T-shirt. Just Who's get used Aaron? to it. Who's Aaron? Who is Aaron? I'm sorry, Janine, you're all over this T-shirt. Just get used to it. <laughs> you know how Yoga with Adrian, the mascot of Yoga with Adrian, is obviously Benji, and mm-hmm. Benji is everyone's favorite part of Yoga with Adrian, even though Adrian herself is the magical creature that brings us all so much joy and health and peace and contentment. Mm-hmm. But yet Benji is... The, the real star, and everyone knows it, including Adrian and Benji? Yes. That's Janine. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when, remember when I used to say, hey, I don't need a mic? <laughs> remember when people rioted because you didn't have a mic? Or we get new listeners, and they're just like, what the fuck is Janine saying? <laughs> what? Why doesn't this guy have a mic? And yeah. who the hell is Coinface? Let's please go backwards, just to start at the beginning. Uh... Um, <laughs> uh this world. So uh, before we jump in, a couple of quick programming notes. Um, uh, for those of you who back us on Patreon, we're adding kind of a new thing. On Fridays, we're going to try to do like a stealthy sneak in uh, lunch break. So watch your feeds if you want to come hang out with us in Crowdcast for half an hour or so on a Friday. Um, at least one of us will be there and we'll just hang out for a few minutes. That's one thing. Uh, two, um, uh, what the fuck? I had a, oh, we want to thank, uh, ClaireandJamie.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a very nice little write-up about the podcast. Yeah, that was really nice of them. Was it really was. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you very much. Um, it was written shortly before we started posting Austin Austin podcast, so there's a whole paragraph about how there won't be new episodes for a while. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much. It's so nice. Uh, and the last thing, and uh, I could have just put this at the end, but fuck it. We're on TikTok now. I don't oh know my how to God. use it. It's terrible. It's going to be so bad for me because <laughs> it's so easy and fast and you get like fucking serotonin immediately. Yeah. I'm addicted already and I've never even used it. I'm addicted already. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can follow us on TikTok at Podlander Drunkcast. Uh, if you are among our listeners who is either um, a high achieving, uh, socially aware millennial who knows how to use tech- TikTok, or you're a Gen Zer, full stop. Please teach me how to use TikTok. Yeah, please reach out because we don't we don't know we what don't we're doing. Get it. We, we're yeah, trying. Yeah, I'm trying really hard. My understanding is that I just have to I just have to put a point the camera at something and then play renegade, 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 and then that that that's, will that's do it. That's pretty much what the entire Janine's corner is right now, right? Yeah, it's just Janine. Oh my god, I, it's like see when what I, just happened. An idea, full Janine, form, just exploded. Janine's gonna renegade. It's gonna be great. Um, I, you know what? It'll be great because I also have a video somewhere of Janine attempting to floss. So, um, oh God, yeah. So we'll do that too. Wow. <laughs> the first, anyway, our first <laughs> TikToks are a. It's a little series of Janine reacting to Magic Mug XXL. I will also put it on Patreon, so you do not have to join TikTok to see it. But if you want to, 
it's there. And like I said, Gen Zers, please teach us mm-hmm. how to Dougie. Yeah, we're ridiculous. <laughs> no, I know how to Dougie. You don't have to teach me how to Dougie. You have to teach me how to use TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing. You stop paying attention to social media for five minutes and it just moves on without you. I don't mm-hmm. have a fucking clue what anything is. <laughs> I go on Twitter and I'm like, what? I'm so, which meme is this? I'm six cycles behind. I logged off for five minutes. I have no mm-hmm. idea what's happening anymore. LinkedIn what? has stories now. That's what's weirding me out. Like LinkedIn has stories like Instagram. I'm just like, no one mm. wants this. No one wants that. No one, no wants, one that. wants No one that. asked for that. Take it back, LinkedIn. No, like a proposal you. from Mr. Collins. Yeah. No one wants that. Mm. No one wants that. Topical. Huh? So I think that's as good a transition as any. Um, <laughs> Julie, let's talk about episode two of... BBC slash A&E's Pride and Prejudice adaptation. Well, we were, Allison and I were both very excited for this episode because we knew that Janine was going to be watching with us live and it did not disappoint the uh, introduction of Mr. Collins, of course, just fucking righteous. What I forgot was that it's also the introduction of Mr. Wickham, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting is that how it works in the book? Does Wickham show up in the town when Collins is visiting? Pretty close, yeah. So I thought that that was a ni- that was a neat and elegant like episode bow. You know, like boop. you take a butthole and another butthole, put him on the TV. You got cheesy blaster. <laughs> it's gonna be the Thirty Rock sing along episode, apparently, guys. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so how do we open? We open as we always do with our heroine. Lizzie Bennett, well, embroidery, no, no, no. yes. We open with embroidery. <laughs> Shit, I don't have my basket of work with me. Ugh, typical. Hold on, <laughs> I have to go get my basket of work. I'm okay. so ashamed of myself because I'm not going, there are going to be too many ladies during the parlor dancing and someone must sit down and it will have to be me and I don't have a chance to exhibit until they bring out the pianoforte and even then my dad is only going to let me do one. So hold on, I have to go, I'm Mary, I'm Mary in this joke. Yeah. I have to mm-hmm. get my basket of work. Please do. Yeah, this is uh, the introduction of these two dudes. I love that I I completely, I always forget what order shit happens in in the series because it's like 20 years between the times that I've watched it, but it's it's really smart to do both of them in the same episode. Yeah, because like it makes Wickham feel, I mean, because they allude to it so strongly in this, it makes Wickham feel like he's not a bad dude because Collins Yes, 100%. That's what it's there for. I think having Collins be the uh, major focus of your antipathy makes it a lot easier for Wickham to slide into your DMs. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry if we're somehow spoiling Pride and Prejudice for anyone, Um, a book that's been out for a really fucking long time. I just have to say, we cannot live by that. We, it's, if this book has been out for 400 years, just read it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I will say, we will not spoil Pride and Prejudice and Zombies or any of the contemporary adaptations. Fine, yes. In a way that's not just acknowledging the plot of Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, because there are things I don't want Janine to know about, so I will probably try to avoid mentioning some things. Okay. I'm sorry, I do not have it in me to pretend that Mr. Wickham is a stand-up dude. No. Well, I mean, like, I just don't. Like, but I mean, we were talking about, and Janine brought it up, yeah. is that it's cool the way they introduced him as a foil to Collins, because yeah. it, it makes him a little bit more palatable. It right? makes, yes. me, makes me want to like him. I'm like, oh yeah, Collins is fucking nice guy syndrome bullshit all over the place. <laughs> and Wickham's like, yeah, affable dude. Cool. Go okay. 
So that's my big impression is that I forgot that Wickham was coming into. But how do we open? All, always with the embroidery. But now we've got beautiful fucking Lizzie Bennett walking around in nature, like just like she does. I She's gotta go walking take a walk. children in nature. Just got to go take a walk. And then she looks up and she sees some birds and she's happy to be alive. And so are we, Lizzie. So are we. I feel that way every time I take a walk with a mask on. <laughs> then we go to the Bennett family table for dinner, and we get a little uh, intel. Guess who's coming to dinner? Cousin Collins. The reason why none of you girls, all five of you, will inherit my land is because the patriarchy is a fucking broken system, and because I didn't have a male heir, it passed to my cousin. And because my wife is a mess and I couldn't be bothered we don't have any savings would one of you please hurry up and marry Rich before we all become homeless by the way exactly um, but Mr. Bennett in true troll fashion doesn't alert anyone that a special guest is coming to town until the day he comes to town which if I was Mrs. Bennett I gotta admit oh I'd be livid I would kick can his you imagine, ass can you imagine if Neil was like hey we're having out of town company this day in 20 minutes can you imagine no, but you know what? Neither Neil couldn't imagine that either because Neil would. Neil is that guy that would, if somebody appealed to him in that way, he'd be like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> <laughs> well, and in this case, we, Mr. Bennett, mm-hmm. helpfully alludes to the fact that uh, he perhaps had okayed this visit not because he wants him to marry one of his daughters, but because based on letter alone, he seemed like a real idiot. Yeah, and yeah. that and that's good TV, basically. Exactly, entertainment. Mr. Bennett views uh, uh, buttheads the way that I view bad reality television, mm-hmm. where I just. I'll watch just to see how much of a mess it is. Like Marie Kondo and myself, Mr. Bennett loves mess. <laughs> <laughs> he loves mess. So does Lizzie. Well, he's got it. He's got it. Because, man, Mr. Collins is a mess. I love our opening Mr. Col- Collins traveling montage. He's just so put out by everything. So disp- you're hearing the letter, and he's all, like, flowery language and overly generous nonsense, and he obviously just loves himself and loves rosings. And uh, and then we see him just being a butthead. It's a nice we, juxtaposition. We also see him being physically incapable of getting into a carriage correct. <laughs> which is hilarious. And this guy, this motherfucker. Yeah, let's go ahead and let, let's give him his name because he deserves it. David Bramber. David Bamber. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry, I always Bamber. want to say Bramber. Like, like Alexis Mateo. Bamber. Mm-hmm. He is fucking on fire. He so, is he, so good. He, we we see him at the church it, while he's doing the letter voiceover and like he's Lady Catherine's body man. Did you see how he put himself between the entire crowd and her and like squitted his way down the line? Yes. Yes. Then it shows him getting into his carriage, which he can't do even with another person's help. And then in what I think is the most telling part of the letter. And Jane Austen is a fucking genius. He does nothing but talk about the route he's going to take. Just like all the boring people ever do, like, in, for instance, to great effect, humorous effect, on Saturday Night Live, the Californians, <laughs> it's that same fucking joke. And that is. joke is always funny, yeah. especially if the person saying it is dead serious about it. And Mr. Collins is always serious about what he oh, says. Yeah. That's what makes him so funny. So his letter is hilarious, and you can just see Mr. Bennett just loving it. 
Uh, he also does that thing where he's like, oh, your home is so lovely. It reminds me very much of this teeny tiny closet, this itty bitty tiny bitty baby room that hasn't been redecorated in a while at Rosings. <laughs> I just, oh, God, he like he's the he best butthole. He felt like a like in a library, the only thing you had to read was a Rosings brochure. That's a yes. that feels like that's all he was was just like over and over and over again. Oh so he, yes. Well, Rosings. because he that's how he asserts his power. That's how he asserts what makes him in his mind special or worthy of attention is that he is the curate to a very grand lady. So he has to keep bringing her up and talking about how much she's worth. And because it reflects in his mind well on him and makes him a catch or makes him attractive. Because as we all know, deep down, this guy is 100% insecure about every decision he ever makes. And that's, that's the, incredible well-drawn character that you really only see for so sh- sh- limited time but it's so impactful because it's so well written is that so is, smart is this, is this the last time we're gonna see collins is this like his only episode? i think we hear about him again but oh, i don't no, think no, we no. ever actually oh, see him there's lots more mr collins well coming. he's got he's got all the bad oh. shit you're right you're right yes. you're right no I there's forgot. lots more mr oh, collins God. coming there's oh, right. we have not seen mr collins best scene yet no we have not that although is true. you know what I'm not sure that's true. I think maybe his best scene is the dancing. Other than the dancing, we haven't seen his best scene. I love the proposal scene too, but we'll get there. We'll it's get there. So, oh, it's so good. But we'll get to both of those things. But our point is David Bamber. A real one. Yeah. Real. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and spoil a thing that we're going to do at the end of the episode, just so none of us forget, which is we had a listener request, which is to have a... a a golden Pamplemousse equivalent. Uh, but in this case, it's very specific to Jane Austen, but is in everything she ever wrote. Jane Austen writes a great butthole. Like, yes. great. Like, she is the li- unrivaled literary champ of buttholes, where they're also dastardly ne'er-do-wells, which is a different thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, Wickham is not a butthole. Wickham, again, spoiler, I'm so sorry, but get with it. Yeah, come uh, on. Is a dastardly ne'er-do-well. And there are some of those. However, the buttholes, the buttholes are the ones where you're like, what an asshole. They're hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> like, thank God I never have to be in a room with that person, but wow, are they fun to watch. Uh, so we're going to do uh, the golden butthole. TGB. <laughs> TGB. The golden the butthole. The TGB. No surprise. We don't even have to really. It's Collins. Yeah. We'll come back at the end of the episode and once yeah. again say that it's Collins. But basically, uh, we're doing the golden butthole in honor of Mr. Collins, much like doing the golden pamplemousse in honor of our yes. beloved Jackter Extraordinaire to buy mm-hmm. No, God, oh my God. No, 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 no. That's slander. Duncan LaCroix. Duncan LaCroix. Yeah. I forgot who the Pamplemousse was the for a Pamplemousse. second. I got it's you been know a what? You know why I got caught up? It's because I've had jacking on the brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about Tobias Menzies, as I often do, while um, also thinking about the Golden Pamplemousse, as I often do. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking about them together. What? And there's so much reg- reg- is it regimenty? Reg- what is the regalia? regency? Regen- no, the the things that the, those coats. Oh, oh yeah, like the soldier costumes and yeah. uniforms. Uniforms. Yeah. Military officer. uniforms. Officer. The officers are there. Mm-hmm. So officers I, uniform. You know, uh, livery. An officer's livery? No. Livery is, uh, 
is what a footman has. Lizzie, (laughs) uh, not Lizzie, uh, Lydia was calling it. He's he's in regimentals. Regimentals, yes, Yes, regimentals. He's in a regiment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's talking about the red coats. You're right. Yes, those coats. So Uh, wait, before the dinner scene is gone, I have to shout out to fucking. Also, how do we pronounce her last name? Is it Eel? Ellie? L? L. Lol. Say L while gulping. Oh, Jennifer. She, Ale? Ale? Ale. Okay. Hold that's on. How I'm going to do it. the, f- I'm going to find a YouTube video that's going to tell us. Talk, uh, please talk amongst yourselves. Okay. So the dinner sequence where Collins is making a full ass out of himself for the first time in front of the family is fucking great because Lizzie is seated to his other side so she can look directly at her father over Collins's shoulder and make direct eye contact with her dad and they're both laughing their asses off silently together and it's so funny because you can she at one point she almost spits her food out she has to bring her napkin up like she's but she's still looking straight at her dad like can you <laughs> believe this colossal butthole and they are just loving it and it's so i mean it's <laughs> It's bad because they're kind of being assholes about it, but they're also so, you can tell they're so similar. And I, I just really like that moment. Yeah. Um, and then it's, uh, I've got a stroll in the yard coming up. Um, and then this is when, this is when David Bamber has one of his first like super great butthole moments for me. Pause, please. We'll leave that in suspense while okay. I report that it is Jennifer Eel. We were correct. Eel. Okay. Yeah. Jennifer Eel. You know, I anyway. found out she was born in North Carolina. No kidding. Yeah, I think she's American. That's fucking weird. She's cool. she's so good. I think yeah. maybe dual citizenship because yeah. I looked this up once. I, mm-hmm. We'll we'll find out. Well, Jennifer Eel, first butthole moment. Please talk to us about a butthole moment. Okay, so all the Bennett girls are out on the yard. The younger girls are in a swing somewhere. <laughs> that makes it sound like they're in prison. They're out well, on the yard getting you know their what? daily exercise. Allison, based on what's about to happen, <laughs> they kind of are. Yeah. They really actually Sweet. kind of are. Sweet. So they're out. So there's some fucking croquet happening. I don't know. Somebody's in a tree swing. They're throwing horseshoes, Wait, I think. This, horseshoes, yes. Is this after they, they're walking the town? No, this is no, pre-walk no. to town. Pre-walk oh. to town. This is when, and here's, this will, will, this will remind you. Yeah. This is when Colin zeroes in on which daughter he's going to choose. Oh, yeah. So remember, he says to Miss Bennett, your eldest daughter, and she's like, nah, nah, hands off, she's taken. Yeah. And he's like, okay, okay. And then it does this hilarious thing where it shows him looking at each one of the daughters like he's picking an avocado. Yeah. <laughs> like, too firm, too mushy. This is, it's one of my favorite moments in the whole series, so I can recreate it for you. Please Are do. you ready? Yes. And all I have to do is audio. So it's, the order is, I think, Mary, Kitty, Lydia, Lizzie. And this, and she says, any of my other daughters? Well, I see no problem with any of them. And then the score goes, and it makes me laugh every time. It's so shady. So he he scans his eyes across and obviously decides on Lizzie. So now we got to get, we got to defend Lizzie at all costs. Batten down your hatches, Lizzie. It's yeah. coming. And then I wrote There's down, a storm coming, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Lizzie, but the storm is a metaphor. Hurricane Collins. <laughs> I, I, this is the note I wrote about this guy in the scene when he's looking at each one of the daughters. David Bamber, I'm sorry. His posture. He's out of breath from a walk. This guy's an incredible actor. <laughs> if, you want an exa- if you want proof 
of how good an actor he is. Look at how winded he looks from the walk. And then go watch that video of Donald Trump standing on the balcony in front of the White House. <laughs> Not unlike those two things are a lot alike. Bill. <laughs> I'm sorry that I said his name. That's it. It's all good. Please vote. I mean, it's in the brain. Vote, so, vote, 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 vote. Speaking of in the brain, Janine has this cityscape scene in his brain, and here yeah, we are. Oh, my God, we're in Meryton. Yeah. Meryton? What's Meryton. 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 We're all in town, fucking hanging out, just trying to get some brunch, when all of a sudden Lydia looks over because she sees another regimental. Oh, no, no, no. First, it's a bonnet. First, th there are only two things that matter in life when one goes to Meryton. I thought... This was clear. Bonnets <laughs> and dudes. So yep. <laughs> first it's like, look at that bonnet. It's so ugly. I'd wear the hell out of it. And then it's like, look at that dude. I'd hit it, but I'd hit that one too. And I'd hit that one too. And I'd hit that one too. Exactly. And she's so excited to see Denny. Denny. But, but then who's this hot piece with him? Stranger. I don't know. And, he, and he's not, he'd be hotter in regimentals. He know? would definitely be hotter in regimentals. Yes, but he's not wearing them. Who Somebody this? get this not man yet. one of those coats. Yes. Uh, don't worry, he will get one. <laughs> so they come over to say hello. We are introduced to George Wickham. Isn't yes. that his name? Um, one of the great, uh, once again, I don't give a fuck if you don't know this, so I'm not, I'm, I don't give a shit about spoilers. He's one of the great villains in Austin. The canon, all of it. He's top notch, fucking not butthole. Allison's right. He's there's nothing redeemable about this person. Dastardly ne'er do well. Yes, dastardly ne'er ne do well. And we're introduced to him as we almost always are introduced to dastardly ne'er do wells as a very handsome and charming gentleman. Get ready, you're gonna see lots of those through the next however many of the fuck books Jane Austen wrote. <laughs> She's always there, got one in there. There's Almost always one. Occasionally, the dastardly butthole is, or the dastardly ne'er-do-well is also a butthole, but that, I think, makes them a butthole rather than a dastardly ne'er-do-well. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like... Intent. It's, yeah, because there's also, there's the Lady Catherine de Burr's, which is like the overbearing, supercilious uh, egoist, mm -hmm. and uh, they can also be buttholes. It's mm -hmm. a complicated taxonomy. But he's sounds like a sounds like a bracket. But he it does. Sound, I wonder if maybe. Oh God, here it comes. Get ready. Oh no, we're gonna have to. Um, we're gonna have to break down the Jane Austen taxonomy. So, um, point being, Mr. Wickham is primo dastardly ne'er do well. Yes, maybe the most dastardly because I remember a note that I wrote today that we'll get to, and when we get there, I'm gonna really fucking take it, take Wickham to town. Yeah. Okay? Well, because yeah. as as I've met him. You know, being my first time around with this ne'er do well, uh, he I like him. I yeah, like, well, I'm, you're supposed I, to. Like Lizzie Bennett, you're a great judge of character. I mean, oh, shade. Well, and, I wish I had my fan. Uh, and you know, uh, one source, one one source really helps me <laughs> make a really solid judgment. <laughs> yeah, right we came to bat. this realization <laughs> in the crowd cast that. Uh, uh, Lizzie Bennett would absolutely share the story after reading the headline without actually reading the article. Yes. Like, that's what Lizzie Bennett is doing here. She's contributing to the downfall of democracy by reposting Facebook articles that are completely false, like their news. Um, mm -hmm. She's not, she's not checking a second source. No, but not only with regard to Mr. Wickham. It just, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it, it passed the barely sniff test of going, oh, it looks pretty. I'm into it. Yeah. Snow- <laughs> Snopes is going to do a whole thing about Mr. Wickham. Um, PolitiFact is on the case. Um, I mean, he, said, he said things that no one else would say, so it must be true. He yeah. must be right. Yeah. Goodness. I'm going to go ahead and conveniently ignore that it's also terribly bad manners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the way you can tell that it's terribly bad manners is that Jane Bennett, Jane Bennett is like, maybe uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> and if she's like, I don't know, you've done fucked up. So they're in the street and then, oh my God, who comes up on a horse? Darcy. I, I felt that. And Bingley. I felt that fucking, like, I, the, it got colder on that street because a cloud, like, suddenly came over. And they were just like, but it got hotter in my pants. How is that possible? <laughs> I, actually, the note that I wrote is, Darcy can sit on a horse. <laughs> he can. <laughs> because he just looks so good. He's a fucking, his posture in the saddle is so upright, and you're just like, oh, yeah. All right. it, it I, think, I think that we should call him Gagilf. Because he is, he is a gloomy Gus I'd like to fuck. Oh, Gagilf. You know what? Gagilf. There's going to be Gagilfs on our taxonomy, taxonomy too. Oh, yeah. Because this is a recurring, this is also a recurring wow, thing. what an interesting, interesting. Okay, that's all I got right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so, so excited for you to meet these characters, Janine. Oh, my God. Well, and there was like this weird standoffish thing as he, as he wrote up where he and uh, uh, Triple Wickham like looked at each other and this like, Fucking, uh, I, I could see a tumbleweed spin by Death Street because, like, all of a sudden they pulled guns on each other. Like, it's <laughs> very clear that they know each other. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Boo, boo, boo. Goodness. So Darcy takes one look at him, and as Janine said, it's bad. So we know that there's a history there. Yeah. And it's, you can also see, and this is the actor that plays Wickham. Good job, dude. Because he starts doing mental math in his head immediately. Because he's meeting these new people, but then here's this guy, and how's he, how's he going to play it? You can tell that he's already working on it, and it's uh, really smart. <laughs> so, obviously, Darcy hates his ass, but we do find out an excellent piece of intel here. There's a party tonight at the Phillips, y'all. Fuck yeah. I mean, are you invited? Are you invited? Are you invited? And Wickham's like, I'm not invited. And is it Lizzie that's like, oh, you can come? Or is it Bingley that's like, you can come? No, it's not Bingley because they're not going to be there. Lydia. Right. Maybe Lydia kind of muscles in there. Yeah. Lydia was like, he's like, you can come. Like, no one cares about that anymore. Like, you you haven't been invited. And he goes, just get in there. If it was, if I, if if it was extended to you as as a friend could come, then I would, I would totally be there. Exactly. The book (laughs) makes this pretty clear that they are all, correctly guessing that the second that Mrs. Phillips hears that there's a new piece of ass in town, she's going to want him to come for tea. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh, by the way, Mrs. Phillips, there's a new guy. And she's like, yes, yes, bring him, bring him, bring get him. Get him in, get him in. You mm-hmm. don't understand. I have nothing in my life. I just, I like, I just have to look at a face and think about the things I would do to that face. Please, please. Mm-hmm. I can't play another game of hearts. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Do it. Regency's so fucking weird, man. It's, just go with it. Listen. Just go with it, baby. <laughs> Life of leisure. Good God. <laughs> Everyone's and then, As I do my actual needlework. What did Collins actually say to Miss Phillips about her room? Is that the one where he's like, it's like a powder room at the... Uh, a small summer breakfast room. Yeah. And she's like, fuck you! Like, and, and then, then Jane, go- very... Jane? diplomatically goes actually this is a the great compliment because we're told rosings is very grand <laughs> and then mrs and phillips is like oh okay 
All right, he's still a butthole, though. <laughs> I got my eye on you, butthole. No. You Do you tell. play whist? <laughs> oh, my God, that's also awesome, and I have a great note about that. <laughs> so we see Wickham across the room sending Wickham eyes straight at Lizzie's forehead. Boom. He bent it like Wickham? He bent it like Wickham. And he just latched right onto her like the fucking lamprey that he is. Yeah. And we can tell that he's he's decided how to play this particular part of this game. And it's through her. You know, they may not have much in common. But I will say this for both Wickham and Darcy. They love a too long creepy stare. Across they do. The yeah, they room. do. They, they do. really do. I'm wondering if the too long creepy stare was just a Regency feature. Like it was more like they were standing on, they were doing a turn about the room and they were like, should we turn about the room towards each other? Let's connect. <laughs> or did dudes just stare at women all the time back then because there was nothing else to do? But no, it's also that they had, to, they had to connect this way because LinkedIn hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a LinkedIn joke. Oh, boy. And then here's the great cards joke is that Mr. Collins is invited to join a, a game of whist and he whist. mentions something about how he's not that great at it but you know what I think I'll go over there and take a, a, a play or two and then it immediately cuts to the card table where he has completely fucked his partner over because he forgot what the trump was he forgot what suit they were playing to and I wrote Mr. Collins is me when I learned how to play euchre <laughs> <laughs> and but it's, now it's now I miss his yeah, it's Mrs. Phillips. So now he has disparaged her home by comparing yes. it to a small summer breakfast room at Rosings, which has so many windows. By the way, get ready, so many windows. <laughs> what is this? The big house, and um, and and then he fucked her whist game, which mm -mm. we've already established. She doesn't have very much going on in her life. That's bad. She was really mad about it too. And you know, people don't women in that that's there's that whole thing about pipe down or whatever. And Mrs. Phillips is like, Mister. Collins! When he played the wrong card, she's really mad about this oh, yeah. game of whist. She's not having it. No. All right. Um, and then Wickham comes over, and it's the scene between he and Lizzie by the Phillips fireplace where he starts feeling her out. He starts doing that very first behavior that a lot of predators do once they decide on their prey and how they're going to use them, mm -hmm. which is to learn more about what that person knows vis-a-vis -vis how it affects them. So he immediately starts trying to feel her out about Darcy. Mm. Like, right away. This is it's fucking textbook predator. And he just, like, little things, little hints. Then he starts dropping little gossipy tidbits about his upbringing because his father was a steward of Mr. Darcy's dad. And then he was considered or he thought himself to be considered like another son even though he was not a son by birth and then got cut out of the inheritance so if you hear it from him his perspective it sounds really bad right yeah so he's doing a little bit of that to kind of like grease the wheels over with lizzie and like get her on his side and just just a little just he's very good at this like massaging and lizzie she takes that fucking bait and it it's the one thing in the book that i was always just like i don't I don't know. Well, think it, think in this context, though, Julie. It's not just anyone she's taking the bait about. It's a person who, within earshot, was like, "You're right, that bitch, yeah. not even hot enough to dance with." You're right. Yeah, because like Darcy has not done himself any fucking favors. Like that guy. Like, unfortunately, Wickham has like a pretty easy job of disparaging him because like Darcy's 
kind of acting like a dick. Like, he's just like... And it's really funny when he asks her about him and she straight up's like, oh, I hate him. And you can see a little light, like the little fire in his eye. Like, he's like, okay, like, that's one thing down. Now I know what I, now I know. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny to just watch him every step do the gross predator shit. But he does. And she, so he gets her on his side. Um, uh, I need her skincare routine. Yes. Yeah. Like, Great. seriously? The skin on her face looks every bit as soft and creamy as that on her 11s. Yes. It's all one beautiful, like, creamy English rose fucking, like, velvet. I want it all. And she I still just, has great skin. I fucking wrote that down. I specifically wrote that down. I want her skincare routine. And then all of a sudden we're having girls night in the bedroom. We're back home after the party at the Phillips. And Jane is like, hey, don't listen to this guy. You don't know him. Hey, can you read this other article that I found? Yeah. Remember how I know Bingley and he's really cool? Yeah. And Bingley really likes Darcy. That's two people. Well, that's me and Bingley, so. Yeah. You must be okay. Like not don't you so don't you think it's weird that he just like volunteered this? Where you were like, "Good evening, Mr. Wickham. Isn't the weather lovely?" And he went, "Darcy fucking hates me." <laughs> <laughs> don't doesn't that strike you as odd, sister mm-hmm. dear? Mm-hmm. So as I said, Jane is always the goddamn voice of reason. And then we find out there's going to be a ball at Netherfield. We're so excited. I actually think there are a couple of balls at Netherfield. Well, yes, of course. But this means that everybody gets to get super fancy because Netherfield is a fine estate. Obviously, the Bingleys are going to turn it out. They've got the money for the food, for the musicians. It's going to be a big thing. And everybody's very excited about it, as you would be, too, if you lived back then and had nothing else in your life. And Mrs. Bennett decides that it must be in honor of Jane. It must be for Jane. And on the one hand, I mean, it's definitely because Mr. Bingley wants to dance with Jane. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, like, girl, slow down. Slow down, you crazy child. <laughs> She's just like, oh, this is obviously because he wants to propose. No matter, let's all go. It's been five and, minutes. They've known each yes. other for five minutes. And then Mr. Collins gets an invite, too. So uh, buckle up, buttercup. And then um, Lizzie tries really hard to save herself from what we all know is coming. And she's like, oh, but are you, are you allowed to dance? Won't, you, w- won't God disapprove of your footloose and fancy free moves? <laughs> nice gambit. And he, and he goes, uh, no, no, no. God loves it when I dance with fine bitches like yourself. Oh. So I'll take two. And he does the thing where he claims her first two dances, which if you read any of these stories or know anything about it, is kind of a signal to everybody else in the room that he has peed on her. Yeah. Right? Like, this this bitch is mine. Yeah. Because I got the first two dances. You know that gif of DJ Khaled saying, congratulations, you played yourself. Mm -hmm. That's Lizzie. Lizzie has quite a few moments where congratulations... She you played, played herself, <laughs> and she definitely played herself here. So She played herself so hard, she's starring in being John Malkovich. <laughs> Do you get it? Because John Malkovich plays himself in being John Malkovich. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. Get it? Get, get it? it. Yeah. <laughs> 
This joke is brought to you by the year 2003. <laughs> or whenever the fuck that came out. 99, maybe? I don't remember. Anyway. So now we have another nice stroll outside where we can get some more exposition and character development. And this time it's Collins and Lizzie are talking to each other and Wickham is with them. Mm-hmm. And they're strolling along and then Jane comes out like a real one and is like, Mr. Collins, Mary has found a psalm that she doesn't understand. Please follow me. We need your help. And just gets him out of there so that Lizzie can have some alone time with the wiener she's liking these days. I mean, even though Jane doesn't like him or doesn't is unsure about him, she is sure that her sister would like to get to know that wiener a little bit better. She's a good sister. Jane's yeah, a good sister. She's a fucking good one. So she gets Collins out of there so that Lizzie and Wickham can have some more alone time. Um, and then here's my first costume note. Those fucking gloves she wears, those light brown kid gloves that she wears are so beautiful. Gorgeous. And like, what a great pop. Because, you know, they all walk around. All these things are shot from, like, the mid-thigh up, right? Mm-hmm. And they walk around with their hands kind of clasped underneath their belly buttons because that was the proper posture or whatever. So it's just like this little boop, like a reminder that she is special or she stands out. And I think it's a really good choice. Yeah, it's, um, she gets a uh, sort of a, I don't know what it would be called. Keenan will tell us when she comes on the show. Like a little frock coat crop deal bit that's in mm-hmm. like a green velvet at one point that's really really pretty yeah mm-hmm. some good looks and then um as they chat we get a little bit more intel about the darcy family and we find out that darcy has a little sister and yeah. she's not well most people say stuff about her being sickly or small or weak nope, nope. that's um Lady Catherine de Catherine Burr's de you're right. You're is right. the sickly one. Uh, yeah, who is you. destined to marry Mr. Darcy, we learn from Mr. Right. Wickham. We get from clicking on one article from Mr. Wickham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. learn that, that they're definitely getting married. So that's 100% happening. Um, absolutely. I don't actually need to read the article um, or seek out a voter's mm. guide or anything. No, that's like definitely, it. it's yeah. really true. Totally. Um, and also <laughs> that... Wickham has a younger sister, and that she is a butthole. Mm-hmm. Who lives in London, never leaves her house kind of thing. Who's a butthole? Isn't uh, that what he says? Something like that. Yes, I think so. She yeah. definitely lives in London and uh, used to be lovely, and he used to amuse her for hours and hours. Oh. Um, uh, and now <laughs> but she's now a, she, now too, she's is rude. I mis- right. I misunderstood that uh, sentence when he was talking about that. I thought he was talking about the, uh, Darcy's mom. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. so uh, someone in the someone in the chat was like, "For our oh, we know what that means." I was like, "What? They used to like a child, and it was an old I know." Well, but then he follows that up with this, and here's my first like, "This guy sucks." Yeah, is he says she uh, she's sixteen, same age as your sister Lydia, and Elizabeth looks up and goes, "Lydia's 15. Oh, oh. And now, of course, back in those times. Probably not an eyelash batted, but I do like to think that Jane Austen had a little bit of like a hook in there, like, ew. Yeah. You are a fucking 24-year-old man. Why are you looking at a 15-year-old girl? And even if that's not what she was going at, it definitely seems like like a teeny tiny ding in his armor, at least the way that Jennifer Eel plays it, because she's mm-hmm. like, hmm, Lydia's 15. You like Lydia, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. 
So there's another uh, tally uh, hash mark to put on the dastardly asshole list. <laughs> um, we hear a little bit. This is when we get a little bit more intel about Lady Catherine and her daughter. You're right about the one that's supposed to marry Mr. Darcy, and she's the sicky one. And uh, Lady Catherine is Rosings. I don't know if you put this together, Janine, but yes. the person that um, that Wickham is saying Darcy is supposed to marry is the daughter of the person that Mr. Collins can't shut up about. Yeah, and right. I, I got that when Collins got all up in Darcy's face. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's so oh, freaking good. We keep I talking could smell, about... I could smell his halitosis. Yeah, like, and his <laughs> flop sweat. Yes, yeah. right? Oh like, he's perspired, and he's definitely got some sort of scented sachet in his pocket, but yeah. it is way too strong. Oh, God. Oh, there's, yeah. there's a reason Darcy walked away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we're getting ready for the fucking ball at Netherfield Girls sexy getting ready song. Lizzie looks so good. And then her mom comes in and says some shit. What, what was that savage remark she made? Her mom comes in and she says, Lizzie, you look beautiful. You'll never be as pretty as your sister Jane, but you look very well indeed. And then she picks up a blanket and throws it at her, and the blanket says, be better. <laughs> we were just all like... She was like, oh, God, Mrs. Bennett. I hope you're understanding, Janine, now why it is that we found that joke so funny. Because it's not just the beautiful absurdity of a blanket that says be better at it on it. But it's but it's not like totally far off. Nope. Like like she's always telling Kitty to stop coughing and stuff. And yeah. you can just see her being like, stop coughing. You've got spit on your face. Here, wipe it off on this blanket. <laughs> like <laughs> she fucking like she was in and out in like less than 10 seconds. Just going, you look so great, but not as good as Jane. Fuck you. Bye. Like, yeah. Despite the fact that you are such an uggo, you look fairly nice. Yes. That's so horrible. Oh, goodness. And oh. then we get the first full view of the Elevenses, and they look great. Mm, yeah. Good. Well, mm-hmm. we also get Lydia's Elevenses. Well, Lydia comes in in dishabille, in her, in right? Her, she, in her sheft. Because she wants to wear this dress, and Kitty says it's trash. And she's like, it is not trash. I'm going to go ask Lizzie. Maybe and it then, would look trash on you, but not on me. Not on me. And so seen she, my Elevenses? She runs across the hallway in her shift with the dress, and the, uh, Mrs. Bennett is like, get inside that door. Shut that door. And she's like, no, no, no. Then she goes and talks to Lizzie, and then she comes back out in the hallway, and who does she run smack dab into? Mr. Collins. It's an awkward moment because she's, like, undressed. But do you know what Kitty does, and she's kind of my hero? She fucking laughs about it. Lydia. It's Lydia. Sorry, Lydia. Lydia laughs about it, goes into the bedroom, and then she and Kitty laugh about it. So instead of choosing to be ashamed or to hide what just happened to her, she just thinks it's fucking funny. Well, this is the thing that's interesting to me about Lydia, because a lot of the things that Lydia does, if you adapted Pride and Prejudice and didn't, to a contemporary setting, and didn't adjust Lydia's behavior at all, if everybody else got more contemporary, but Lydia stayed basically exactly the same, yeah. Lydia would fucking rule. Lydia would be so fun. You'd be like, yeah, fuck all this shit. Let's, let's be honest. Let's talk about things. Let's chase a sword around a room. Oh, God, get me a glass of wine. I'm fagged. Like, Lydia's that girl at the party. She's a lot, but she's really fun. Mm-hmm. However, if you updated it to today, it would have to be like Lydia goes running around in like pasties and a thong. Yeah. Right? And it's like, I was going to wear this dress. And then it's like saran wrap. 
Um, <laughs> right? Like, she would have to be doing that to level up the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's always been interesting to me. On the mm-hmm. page, through our contemporary lenses, Lydia probably sort of rules. But not <laughs> through contemporary lenses. And she is just the worst. Just so the worst. she's she's laughing off that embarrassing moment. And that's hilarious. But Collins is shaking. Whew. Oh, yeah. Whew. Yeah. He took a moment at the top of that stairs going, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, like shaking. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm surrounded by all these female hormones in this Bennett house. Wow. I, what, is this godly? I, I saw a breast. What will Lady Catherine think? They'll think so. Exactly. But in the back, the next stage with that was like, but they'll think oh, it's okay because I'm a nice guy. They like me. They, they, yes. This is why it's okay because I'm nice. Yes. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, you're getting it. I hate this guy. <laughs> okay, so um, now I just wrote in all capital letters, ball time. <laughs> Let's all get to Netherfield, y'all. God, they just party. I love it. Lizzie Let's... is so excited because she has to dance her shitty dances with Mr. Collins, but then she plans on dancing with Mr. Wickham quite a lot. So she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to get some, going to get some bump and grind. <laughs> Guess who doesn't show up to the party, though, because he's chicken shit. Uh, Wickham, because he thought it would be better to not make a scene. Chicken shit. Chicken. He knows well, Darcy's going to be there. That. Yeah. We know that. Chicken shit. So, um, when they get out of the carriage, first of all, let's talk costume for a moment. Obviously, the ball scenes are always going to be super great costume scenes because everybody's wearing their finest. But these capes, y'all, the capes. dude, those capes. The capes with the big hoods. Yeah. And yeah. they're like satiny. Yeah. Ooh. Traveling capes? Yeah, very Allison, Cinderella. Do we need those? I wish. I have traveling. a traveling cape. I don't know about you, bitch. I want Cut capes damn. to come back. I want that to be a thing. That and high uh, calf boots for men. I want mm-hmm. these things. These you are things what? I want. You know what? Here's Janine. I'm sorry. We have to have a little brief heart to heart. I firmly believe that, especially during these troubled times. I hope you could hear my capital letters on that. Yes. During these troubled times, uh, we should all lean into the things that give us joy, whether they seem normal for society or not. Yeah. Right? I spent a huge pour, as many of our listeners did, spent a lot of my summer in a caftan. Didn't matter why. Just wanted about my house, drinking wine and wearing a caftan. I got, I've got ridiculous, ridiculous slippers. Just like I've got, I've got, bitch, I, have, I cannot afford them. And I have roller skates on their way to my house. Nice. I'm going to roller awesome. skate around the fucking neighborhood. Lean into your eccentricities. And the reason that I don't just let this comment drift by is this is the second time minimum on the podcast that you have said, I want calf high boots for men. Get them. Get them. Get them. Okay. Get them. You will bring them back. You are your own trend. Be the trend you want to see in the world. You don't need anyone's permission. You are a grown woman. You are thriving. (laughs) You are alive. You do what you want. You live your truth. Get those boots. Happy National Coming Out Day. Fuck yeah. I'm into it. (laughs) Oh my God. That was... Oh, that made me feel really good. Boots the house down. (laughs) Uh, if you no don't get those boots, I'm going to never forgive you. Well, fuck this. I got no excuse now. It's going to be boots and a cape. That's what I'm looking for. Boots! I can't wait until next week when Julie and I are wearing our pajamas and Janine is wearing boots and a cape. Yes. <laughs> and right. nothing else. That's it. 
like Lydia. It's my fucking house. Yeah. Definitely my, my Lydia. fucking house. The Lydia of the podcast. So when they get out of the carriage, we get to see the beautiful traveling coats. But you know what else we get to see? Mm. Fucking Darcy's stank face from upstairs. And I could smell that stank through the window. <laughs> he was, he was ugh, like flared nostrils, disgust face. And I was like, ooh. When we have our inevitable great Darcy debate, which will happen, mm-hmm. um, and our takes may surprise you, when we have our great Darcy debate, um, we are going to have to talk about this particular quality a lot because it is, and again, you're getting some slight spoilers here, Janine. Sorry. This is the it's an it's old book. Yeah. Um, it's very important that the things that Darcy does in the first two thirds of this story are either actually dickish or can be mistaken for dickish, convincingly, believably mistaken for dickish, even though it's really just a guy who's like, so we see Colin Firth staring at the window through Lizzie's eyes and think, what a dick. Why does he dislike her so much? When in reality, what's happening is he's staring out the window and going, Oh my God, that she, uh, I know she's pretty. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm gonna get a drink and then I'm gonna go get myself a pep talk in the bathroom and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna stare some more. And then mm-hmm. I'm gonna, then right? I'm gonna aggressively bow at her. Like, <laughs> guys, on the crowd cast, Janine was doing the Darcy bow repeatedly and one of the times he did it, he sort of threw his shoulder out or something. Yeah, it just made it worse. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Patty. Um, my point is that Colin Firth is very good at giving a stare that in some contexts you're like, what a dick. And in others you're like, oh, he's so socially awkward. I feel so bad for him. And other times you're like, bow, bow, Yeah. See, now Janine gets that joke. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we go inside to Netherfield and it's beautiful and it is set up and they have a receiving line and the Miss Bingley and Miss the sister. The other sister that's married. The mar- yeah, the married one. Right. Mrs. Hearst or some shit like that? Yes, like what? Mrs. Hurst. Mrs. Hurst and Good Miss pull. Bingley are receiving all the guests at the door, which is proper, and saying hello to everyone, and everything is all above board and great. And I'm looking at Miss Bingley's costume. Ooh. It's and good. all I can think about is one of those old-timey ice cream parlors that kind of came back in the 70s. What were they called? Ferals? Do you remember the shit that they would make the people that worked there wear with the red and white stripes and like the sleeve garters and shit? Oh, so I'm yeah. looking at that. We're showing our age gap in a different way because yeah. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. It, well, she looks like movies. she works at an ice cream parlor. Okay. She does. <laughs> it's yeah. a good costume. It's like mm-hmm. would never wear it. Excellent costuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should stop for a moment and recognize Anna Chancellor is this actress's name. Um, good job. Who is so good, so good at being Miss Bingley that I just straight up forget it's an actor. It's like, we'll talk about David Bamber and then I'll be like, fuck Miss Bingley, right? <laughs> because she's so good that you just forget. She is the meanest eyebrows. One of my favorite line readings of her in the whole series is in this episode and it's in this scene. And it's when she goes, Mr. Bennett, Mrs. Bennett, lovely to see you. And all your daughters. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was. And it's so, like, it's just perfect. You can, she is so good at making it seem like Miss Bingley is very specifically showing how hard it is for her to pretend to be happy, not hiding how hard it is for, to pretend for her to be happy, but to show how hard it is to pretend to be happy that they're there. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a fucking next level shit. She's so good. Yeah, I love, I love her. I really do. 
And all your daughters. And all <laughs> your daughters. It's a kind of an in those coats thing, the reading. Total. Oh my God, she's such yeah. a Simon Cowell. She is Absolutely. definitely a Duke of Sandringham. She is. She is. And then Bingley comes over and saves them from his sister's rage because he knows that Jane and Lizzie are like, ugh. And he grabs both of them. So he walks into the ballroom with one fine Bennett sister on either side of him. Like yeah. he just straights come in like hard. Bennett sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then this is where we find out that Wickham didn't come because he didn't want to cause a scene. But we all know because he's chicken shit. It we, turns out that Denny also just reads the headline um, yeah. and doesn't read the article because mm-hmm. he delivers that. He's like, oh, well, Darcy, as you know, what a dick. He is just the worst. I wonder if they read the same article. Yeah, I bet they did. And then we get to see Collins do a sneaky slide into a conversation. So Lizzie is talking to her dear friend, Charlotte Lucas, who lives next door to their uh, estate. And they're just chatting about the ball and everything. And then all of a sudden, Connellan's just like fucking eels his way right in. Just like, boop, I'm, hi, I'm here. And then it's time to dance. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, the way he like muscled in and then the new song he started and grabbed her hand to just go. I was like, bro. <laughs> and he takes her over to this dance. Okay, so all these group dances, as everybody knows that I love. If any of you are experts in social group dancing of the 18th century, can you tell me the names of these dances? I know that there's a dance called The Real. I know that there's like something that starts with quadrille or some shit like that. Like, I need to know what these dances are. So, Podlander Army, please help. They go into the dance and, um, uh, spoiler, Collins. <laughs> cannot dance oh my god he's so good it, there's something about the way he jumps like it's just <laughs> the first one it's <laughs> insufferable and every time he screws up he screws up with such confidence mm-hmm. oh it's i think it might be the funniest sequence in the entire series <laughs> it's so there are funnier scenes obviously because they're dialogue and there are some really good jokes coming but like the way he dances it lives Ugh. rent free in my brain yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. And then around the outside of the room, and this is another interesting social more about these types of gatherings that I found very interesting. People can walk around and just like get a view of the dancing from all angles. Like it's part of the entertainment of the evening is if you're not dancing, you're watching people dance and I can get it. They don't have TV or whatever. So Darcy takes this opportunity to take his turn or about the room and in the shade, he is looking at people at this country ball and just like ugh, a little snobbery about it. But every once in a while, his eyes flick back to the center where Elizabeth is being humiliated by Collins. And you can tell that he would like to help her, but knows he, he decorum will not allow it. But you can tell that he's affronted by the fact that Collins is perpetrating this on Lizzie. <laughs> There's this great detail in the back when uh, in this scene where you get like a brief glimpse of life from Darcy's perspective because the, the whole section is something about him 
noticing her fine eyes. And on the second meeting, he was impressed by her ready wit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So he decides the best way to talk to her is to just listen to what she says to other people. So Lizzie will be talking to Charlotte and she'll see Mr. Bentham, or sorry, Mr. Darcy just staring at her. She'll be like, what? Why is he... Why is he watching me? And then she'll go talk to somebody, somebody else, and he'll just be staring. He's just like standing slightly too close and li- just listening. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's why this guy's not married. Okay. <laughs> this was the scene that at the end of it, after he'd made his tour, the camera stopped on him, and there was a portrait behind him, and it was his face and a horse's ass. And I was like, that has to be on purpose. I fucking love it. Absolutely. It's so good. I had never it, caught that before. It made me laugh out loud. Uh, and then. We get back to Charlotte, and she starts having a conversation with uh, Lizzie, and Lizzie's like, he's going to fucking ask me to marry him. No, 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 no. Darcy asked her to dance. That's what it is. Well, yeah. so before Darcy asks her to dance, they're talking about why Wickham is not there. Yes. Um, and Lizzie is like, well, I will tell you why, because I know because I saw this on Facebook, and it was on Wikipedia, so it it's must be true. 5G. So... <laughs> So, Darcy uh, totally stole a job from Wickham and then was like, I know it's in my dad's will, but fuck you. And just like threw him out and no one talks about it because he's like rich or whatever. And Charlotte is like, Lizzie, shh. And then Mr. Darcy walks up. (laughs) And Mr. Darcy walks up and asks her to dance. And Lizzie can't, can't come up with a ready like witty no reply and she has that great moment of like, uh, 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 yes uh, like <laughs> thank you for asking <laughs> which is so funny and true because she's responding to somebody that she's built up this larger than actual reality kind of hate for and she's just uh, like shaken out of her comfort zone and then charlotte's like you should take that as a compliment and lizzie's like fuck him and she goes Anybody who's seen Pemberley will take that as a compliment, essentially. And I wrote down, Charlotte Lucas, economist. (laughs) And guess what? That's coming back. Don't worry. She gets it. She gets it. Lizzie, are you telling me that you're really going to go dance with that guy? And the whole time you're going to be like... Mm, yeah okay well I was talking to Mr. Wickham the other day when this hot piece of ass is like trying to dance with you and is like super rich I don't get it yeah I don't get it just get in there just like come on and Lizzie's like no I will never no Uh, and then we are treated to a very long social dance scene which is beautifully done in which the conversation that happens during the dance between Darcy and Lizzie is necessarily segmented because of the way that the dance works, because they have to like split and go twirl around with another partner and then come back. And then they're all in a line and sometimes they're separated and it's so fucking well done. It's so good. It's great. The editing, the timing, the like staging, mm-hmm. obviously performance. It's incredibly hot. It, it is. Just, like, They're oof. like fucking loaded glances at each other where it's like we both don't know what to say to each other. <laughs> Janine, in the, in the crowd cast, <laughs> someone said it was in the comments, said it was like for hate fucking, but with eyes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Janine was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I hate fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds wrong. That's not, that's not what I meant. Like, uh, There's a lady in the background with a fan, and I'm like, she's got the right idea because it's hot in here. Yeah. It's real hot. 
Mm. Um, there, there is, there, it is a truth universally acknowledged that any decent adaptation of Pride and Prejudice nails this scene. Mm-hmm. You can judge the quality of a Pride and Prejudice adaptation by how good this scene is. I will mm. in this essay. I will. Um, so essentially break it down because she's trying to start a conversation just to be civil and then it ends up being about Wickham. Well, so sort of. A, a bi- yes. A big part of the conflict here is, and again, spoilers. No, no such years. thing. Years. Did you know <laughs> that in the Bible, Jesus dies? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway. <Fuck> spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't often make myself laugh, and I don't actually think that joke was very funny. But like as it was happening, I just sort of thought it was. I don't know. Anyway, um, so the point here is that what Lizzie thinks is happening is this dude who is not into her asked her to dance anyway, maybe to sort of annoy him. She couldn't come up with a reason to say no, so now she gets to like tell him off. Right where and what Darcy thinks is happening is he thinks he successfully great another successful interaction with a woman um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where he asked her to dance and that's and it first of all never occurred to him that she wouldn't be flattered and B is uh, uh, great like this is a win so they're dancing and Darcy thinks they're bantering and Lizzie thinks that they're talking about hard things because. Darcy was just going to dance. This man does not have social skills where she's like, well, now you have to say something and now I have to say something. And then somehow they get around to, oh, well, you know, uh, you're, you have no failings. I forgot. And they just start bickering basically. But Darcy still thinks he's like, is this flirting? And Lizzie is like, (laughs) fuck you. And that is the whole scene is, is this flirting? And fuck you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. I love it. Oh, I never resonated so much with Darcy until that moment. Oh, that's and in fact, his whole deal. Does not, funny? constantly terrified, does not funny? know how to interact with people, yes. and is also kind of a snob. Yeah. And then, my fa- actually, based on Allison's breakdown of the forest there, my favorite line that I wrote down to uh, for line reading purposes was, both, I imagine. Yes. Both flirting and fuck you. Yes. <laughs> And then I wrote, what dance is this? So somebody come through for me. And then who's that old, the old guy that always interrupts people when they're getting their swerve on? Capital? Who is this guy? Capital Captain. Captain Capital. Is it the Captain For- Forrester or whatever his fucking name I is? Think Captain it's, Capital to me. I think it's Mr. Phillips. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Because yeah. um, he's always just popping up to be like, oh, you guys look good. Oh, oh, maybe I should go away. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's just this one like literary device where you're just supposed to show up. Wait, and say, wait, wait. By the way, you two are great together. He's capital. Ow. I, I think he's Charlotte's dad. I think okay, he's Mr. Lucas, M- Lord Lucas, Lord because Lucas. he's a merchant who got rich and then had a title bestowed upon him. So basically, he's new money. Right. Ah. And that's they're making the point about him not understanding how to behave in these situations by his constant this happening all the time Ah. where he'll just bust into something and interrupt people. He's sort of a classic Austin butthole in that some of them are well-intentioned buttholes. And he is one of those. He's like Mm -hmm. a genuinely gregarious person who just has like really shitty manners um, Mm -hmm. and is uh, a total butt kisser. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wants to butt kiss Darcy, so he's stepping up and being like, "I think you guys look great together." Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me here. Hold. Let me get. Let me get you a partner. Mm-hmm. 
covered over here. Oh, and no, but then he spills the beans. He's the one that's like, ooh, hoo, hoo. Yes, because there should be a wedding soon, right? Between Jane and Bingley. Um, ta- he's saying the quiet part loud. He's saying... Right, and Lizzie's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, why are you doing that? And then we start to overhear Mrs. Bennett being like, it's gonna be great when they get married because then other rich be- boys will be around. All my daughters are gonna marry rich boys. She really is doing that at the dinner table, and it really is hurtful. And then Lydia is... It's just is like, oh, God, shut up. Literally running around grabbing guys' swords. Mm-hmm. And so we yelling about the, how tired she is. The Bennett family really... Uh, Fired on all cylinders tonight. Yeah, yeah. just killing it. The, yeah. the, they'd make a great reality show. And then to top it all off, Mr. Bingley, bless him, he just loves a party. He says, please, let's have some music. Someone, Caroline. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That, that comes right after this. Okay. We, have to talk about, we have to talk about Miss Bingley first. Let's do it. Because Miss Bingley comes up to Lizzie after Lizzie like turns away from her mother in disgust. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. boom, there's Miss Bingley. And she's like, as a friend... I got to tell you a little bit something about this Wickham character. And Lizzie's like, fuck you <laughs> again. And then she turns around and she's so fucking stressed out from that interaction that she's at her breast. The 11s is her heaving. And she makes her way to the punch bowl. And there's Jane like, fucking calm down, Lizzie. Like, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, and she's trying to like right. smooth everything. And then that's Mary going to the piano. So it's like the fucking shit cherry on top of the turd san- Sunday. Is that dog okay? Yeah, there's there's a dog who's just barking a lot in the courtyard. Sorry, a, buddy. I'm going to mute for a minute. Y'all talk. Y'all go ahead and talk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Lizzie is very visibly upset. Not only because her mother has been showing her whole ass, but also because Miss Bingley just fucking friend zoned her. Not friend zoned, evil girlfriend, like frenemy. Frenemied her. Frenemied her. Yeah. Yes. And then Lizzie's like, <laughs> Jane calms her down. We're getting there. We're getting there. And then all of a sudden, fucking Mr. Bingley's like, Would somebody like to play Caroline? And before he can even get the word Caroline out of his mouth, <laughs> Mary grabs her fucking hymns, jumps up, runs to the piano, sits down, and just starts playing the worst, just terrible. It's like it's like this. It's like Bingley oh. goes. You know, you know, oh my god, you know who Mary is? Mary is the fucking keyboard cat. But keyboard cat, no lie, is more entertaining than Mary. God, the dog's barking again. But I'm, before I mute again, I just want to say that the, my favorite part about Mary Plays the Piano, the musical, is that the playing is so bad and you get a reaction shot of everybody being like, oh, and then she starts singing and you get another one. <laughs> and then you get the exterior reaction shot of all the dogs starting to howl. So, God. Which made me laugh. That made me laugh out You know loud. what? You know why that dog was barking? It sensed that we were talking about Mary we playing were. the piano. That's why. It knew. <laughs> All right. What I got? I definitely got that down. I was like, dogs howling. Hilarious. Okay. So then this is where Darcy's sitting at the table, just enjoying Mary's piano for Mary's, <laughs> Mary's time at the piano forte when Colin slides up. And gets real close to his face. Just 
well, personal like, space problem. Was Jane standing next to Lizzie at that moment? Yes, and yes. this is and important because Jane gives us some necessary exposition because they Jane like, says they haven't been introduced. And can can we stop this? It's a no. major social faux pas. <laughs> it's not just that Mr. Collins is Mr. Collins. It's that they haven't been introduced. And Mr. Collins heard through the grapevine that Darcy was the nephew of Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who lives at Rosings. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, yeah. but I know her. I yeah. totally know oh, her. Do, oh, she yeah. follows me on Twitter and everything. Oh. Um, so he goes up and he's like, well, clearly I know her. So I, this, I don't need an introduction. There won't need to be stand on ceremony. And Darcy immediately is like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he just stands up and fucking walks away. Like, nice just to meet you. Leaves. I love I loved when he does that. Yeah. I know that it's so rude. And I understand that part of it comes from discomfort and anxiety, but also it's so fucking baller. And I just really wish that I could get away with that sometimes. I, okay, let's get real. Occasionally when I'm in a conversation with somebody who's, uh, you know, nice and whatever, but I'm not like, I would rather be in a conversation with someone over there. I usually find a way to just kind of like slowly wander away. Yeah. Because I'm an asshole. Listen, but that's a, that's a valid technique, you know? So usually just be like, hey, so... You know, you guys... What's, what's really assholes, though, if you just were to go like, oh, turn around and walk away. See, um, <laughs> but see, I want to be able to do that. I, uh, th- this, is, this is so great. I definitely want to know more about this, but I just realized I haven't said hi to my friend. I got to go. I'll be right back. What the fuck? <laughs> yes! Oh, my God. That's a great, uh, that's a great move. Thank great you. Move. Because Thank that you. absolves you of the rudeness. Yeah. But see, I kind of want to be able to lean into the like, bye. Like, I just want, <laughs> I just yeah. want to be able to do that. Uh, yeah, to be that practice, like, oh, well, it's great to talk to you. And this time Turn it's even more away. of a burn because Darcy is seated and Collins is above him, like really close to him. And Darcy just straight up shoots directly vertical out of his chair and walks away. So he has to go to the extra length of standing up. And Mr. Collins, because he's showing deference bows the whole time he's like i yes. know your aunt yes. i'm just gonna stand here in this posture that's a normal human thing to do and then darcy yep. stands up and it's like cute <laughs> yep he's very tall and then to make matters even worse mary gets to the end of her song and everyone's like great great she's done she's done so she's like oh encore right encore uh and then lizzie's like dan you want to do something like i don't know knock something off the table and then there'll be a but or maybe like a, i don't know you got a phone call i don't know but instead he goes up to the piano and he goes stop it <laughs> it's the regency it's the regency equivalent of bitch no one wants to hear you yeah. that's what he does mm-hmm. so he stops mary from playing and then mrs uh, the other hurst. bingley sister hurst, hurst sits down it just like looks at everybody straight up walks over cracks her knuckles and then busts into like some incredible piano playing which yes. might as well have been uh, yakety sax because then it was just chaos after that. Like yes. fucking Lydia running into the room with a sheet with a sword. This like, is when Lydia comes in with a fucking sword. Everybody starts partying for like in earnest. It's yeah. all these clips are going to be in- included when they create the opening credits for um, keeping up with the Bennets. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that yes. actually when Lydia like like looks at the camera and says, "Hey, I want some wine." That's her opening. Like eh, played by. Yeah. This actress. Mm-hmm. Give me some. And then. Give me a 
glass of wine. I'm so fat. Fat. And she's just like, oh, God, okay. Oh, I know you're a kid, but oh, man, come on. And then we're back to the house. Thank God this humiliating ball is over. Oh, God, for Lizzie anyway. Oh, God. Are we about and to- then to add to that humiliation, guess what's about to happen, y'all? Oh, God. Our gal Lizzie's about to get a proposal of marriage. Oh, God. <laughs> y'all, I, I wish you could have seen Janine's face. The whole time this scene was happening, he was just like, no, oh, fuck so, you. Fuck you. It was so mad great. at this guy. Just because he was like, every bit of this is just like the problem that the the nice guy syndrome thing kicks in, right? Where they're just like, well, I, I do all these things and therefore I'm so nice. And because I do all these things, nothing else matters. And you have an opinion? Fuck that. I'm the nice guy. Like, mm-hmm. fucking Christ. Like, it, like it doesn't matter what she thinks at all. He doesn't care. At all. Yeah. God, it pisses me off. Oh, God. Mary's playing the piano again somewhere. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you, you guys, keep, you keep chatting. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to the Bennett's house. Elizabeth is walking around with a beautiful vase full of rosemary, and it looks like bay leaves. Like, she's put together kind of thistles. She's put together kind of a, a seasonal bouquet, and she's walking around, and she comes around the corner, and she sees her mom coming towards her with Collins, and she literally turns around and tries to run away. <laughs> And Mrs. Bennett is like, hell no, get in this room. We're going to, you're going to talk to Mr. Collins. And she's really pushy. And Lizzie at one point actively says, don't leave mama. Yeah. She's like, like she actively <laughs> asks her mother not to leave the room. Cause she, she knows what's going on. Yeah. He's like, he can, we, she can talk to all of us. We don't need to be yeah. alone. Like, and her mother's like, nope, kitty, get upstairs. Door slam. And then it's just Collins and Lizzie in the room. And Collins launches into his proposal and, Ladies and gentlemen, it's a mess. God. He's a piece of shit, God. and really all he has to recommend himself is the fact that he lives near Rosings. That's his, like, whole thing. It's That's just it. just like, oh, I live near Rosings. That's, so, like, that makes me good, right? He oh, gives and- a whole list of reasons why he should get married. <laughs> and reason number one, he says, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about the dog. It's okay. You know what? It's Fuck, I'm making this point. <laughs> reason number one, he says to the woman he's proposing to, is that people who are clergymen should be married. Reason number two that I want you to marry me is because I think Lady Catherine will like you. And reason number three, you're a nice person with good manners. <laughs> and you're like, yep. oh my God. And no, 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 no. Doesn't he also, then I think reason four is, and I'm kind of doing you a favor because I'm going to inherit all of this and I should yes. marry one of you. So yes, yes that is marry, indeed a reason. I'm going to marry because you. Because you're a pauper, you get to stay in your home now. Yeah. Oh. He's just oh, no. the worst. And he does just, oh my God. Read but the room, buddy. He is covered in flop sweat this entire time, which yes. he normally is, but we can assume that at this particular moment, he is probably very uncomfortable. Yeah. Even though he is trying to project an air of nonchalance and kind of confidence, he is definitely queasy. You can tell. But not as queasy as Lizzie. Oh, God. She's just like, as he's, as he's about to say something, she's like, no, you don't. Please stop. Don't, don't, don't say it. I haven't, you, have, you don't have to say it. Don't say it. Shh. <laughs> No, <laughs> don't say it. You don't have to do Shh. it. You've just had a great uh, uh, monologue. That's it. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> it's been a nice visit. Shut your mouth. But then he comes out with it and she's like, <sighs> no, no, fuck no. <laughs> and then he can't believe or won't accept. I think they're kind of the same. Oh, yeah. Rope. 
that she said no. The the ants like his like and his like going, "Oh, well, you uh, no just means you want me to try harder." Fuck you. Yes. Fuck yes. You. Fuck you. No, that's not what that means. Fuck yes. off. I've known that there are fine ladies who will use this as a reason to <laughs> keep it's like, "Oh my god, shut up." No, Jesus. that's not the reason. She just doesn't want to fucking marry you. God damn it. Oh. Guy makes me so upset, and he makes me upset because I I remember this point growing up where like this is that's the kind of bullshit you hear from like your guy friends who don't know what the fuck's going on, and mm-hmm. just to like see oh just oh yeah to see this being put out of, it's just the, makes me so fucking uncomfortable. It's the Regency way of saying um <laughs> uh oh I just lost my train of thought. It's the Regency way of saying uh, oh she's just playing hard to get. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. In the, in the manner of. Elegant females. Elegant females. In the manner of because you're not. Right? Kind of it implies that. He's saying she's an elegant female because it only adds to her other perfections. Okay. Ugh, gross. But But anyway, But as we've already established, as is canon, uh, Mr. Collins likes to practice his compliments in advance so that he's Mm -hmm. got them at at the ready. So he worked on elegant females in the mirror for about an hour. Oh, boy. Yeah, and so he comes back, and like this happens back and forth a few times, where he's like, "So you want me to try harder?" No, I don't. Uh, well, you, uh, I, I, I'm not dissuaded. I'll give it. I won't. I won't. I won't give up on you. And she goes, "No, please, give get the fuck up on me. Fuck Go off. Go away. Get out of here. We're done." <laughs> and then Mrs. Bennett catches wind because Mr. Collins is uh, in a huff now, and he's got to leave the house because he's been humiliated, and uh, yeah. he's got to go. Good, get out. And Mrs. Bennett is like, "Hell no." And she starts screaming at Lizzie, and they're having a big fight. And then Mrs. Bennett takes it to the husband. Oh, God, this is. Daddy, open the door. You got to talk to your daughter right now because she's fucking up big time. Why? And dad's like, What should we do? What you do? <laughs> dad's like, Oh, what happened? Like, we know what happened. He knows what happened. And then he gets the story from her. Then he brings Lizzie in and just clears it up. He's like, So. You got a proposal. Yes. Yes. You turned him down. Yes. Yes. Your mother is mad about it. Yes. yes. Well, your mother says she'll never see you again if you turn him down. And I say, I'll never see you again if you accept him. <laughs> oh, Dad. <laughs> Dad coming through. Dad, he's, he's something else. I like him. So Charlotte Lucas comes in. And fucking saves the day by allowing Mr. Collins to stay at her house next door. And I believe it's Lydia that says, <laughs> says to her, take him. Oh, yes. God, take him away and feed him. <laughs> and I wrote that down and I was like, take him away and feed him. The Charlotte Lucas story. <laughs> because that's that's a kind of a mini baby spoiler. But you'll see what happens oh, there. Okay. Um, I, here's a couple of just one-offs from the proposal scene that I was too into our conversation to note up. Um, his upper lip, upper lip was doing a lot of heavy work mm-hmm. with all that sweat on it. Did you guys see yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, when he said that Lady Catherine told him to find a woman that was not brought up too high. Oh, God. Remember that? Like he said that out loud oh, God. to her face. Be, what, when you, be better. Be better, but not too good. fucking hell so then it ends with mrs bennett tearfully waving out the front door trying to get mr collins to come back because one of her daughters done fucked up oh mr collins 
I have three more. And that's the end of P&P episode two. Can I interest you in Mary? She plays the piano. <laughs> she, has, she has as much social graces as you do. Please. And as she goes, a dog starts howling in the background. So. Yeah. Uh, um, I love this episode so much, y'all. I, this is the one that, like, I couldn't, when we, when Julie and I were watching with Tom and Neil, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but <laughs> Julie and Tom and Neil and I all watch one time. I'm going to tell that story every episode. Anyway, when we were watching, this was the episode I was really excited for because it's possible to not pay a ton of attention to the first episode and then as a result not realize how funny it is. But from the second that David Bamber opens his mouth, you're like, oh, it's on. Okay. Mm-hmm. This guy. Get a load of this guy. Mm-hmm. So good. Man. He wins the golden butthole. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's totally he's the, I mean, he's the he's the reason the golden butthole exists. Yeah. yeah. What a, um, this was a trip. This is a trip of an episode. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. We knew you were going to like this one. Now, what does this mean for your future vis-a-vis viewing? Obviously, you're watching. Yeah. You're watching this one, right? Yeah. Are you going to watch all the shit that we do or just like one of each? I mean, I don't know. at the I moment think, I'm in. I think we play it by ear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if I if I'm going to do physical humor and hurt myself every time I watch one of these things, <laughs> you know, like maybe I'll second guess myself. But it's, for now, I'm into it. Yeah. This Someday, is, when we're it. all able to be in the same space together, we'll have to have prepared in advance some parlor dances, and we can all parlor dance. We can once that. there's a vaccine, so we can funny. celebrate the fact that we can now touch other human beings with our hands by doing a parlor dance. Yeah. Be great. But can we wear, can we all wear gl- like those big long satin gloves while we do Fun, it? Yes. And like, duh, touch, I don't go to a ball without them. Touch back of hands kind of thing. Yeah. What am I? <laughs> Salacious. What is this? Sochi? I don't know. I'm going to have, I'm going to have my fucking calf high boots and capes. So I'm going to be fucking dapper. Dapper as fuck. I can't wait for you to get those boots, Janine. Do you want, do you, are you a person who works better on a deadline? Would you like a deadline? Uh, well, let's maybe uh, not do a deadline that's too close. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because uh, someone's on unemployment at the moment, and I just yeah, want to wait fair, until that. Fair, fair, uh, fair. Heard, heard. Uh, I have another question for you, which mm-hmm. is I had this impulse just now through long practice of I, I felt like, oh, it's time for us to go into our scales. <laughs> However, me too. That's why I fumbled because I was yeah. like, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> Which we didn't think of last week, I think, because Aaron had to leave her. Sorry, who's Aaron? Janine oh, yeah. had to leave early. So um, so Julie and I ended up just like, there's a, there was a whole bit that was cut from that episode that was just Julie and I talking about exercise because um, we need those endorphins. Um, so, so we didn't have our normal episode. At the, okay. end of, at the end last week. Mm-hmm. So my co- I don't think we should do it this time. What I okay. think is that you should think about it. I'm pointing at Julie. And you should think about mm-hmm. it. I'm pointing at Janine. We're, we're on Zoom. And I should think about it. I'm pointing at me. And also you. Yes, you. I'm pointing at you specifically, person who's listening, <laughs> should think about it. And you can tell us what you think some of our scales should be. You can either say, like, here's my cute name idea for a scale or here's a thing I think deserves a scale, but you you go ahead and come up with a cute name for it, whatever you want. Um, and you can do that and tell us what our scales should be at on Twitter, at PodlanderCast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash PodlanderCast, on Patreon where you can also sign up to donate and join our Slack and all of those things, um, get Janine's Corner and uh, episodes early, et cetera, et cetera, at podlander.com at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Uh, you can email us at an email address that I attempt to check once a month at 
it's paulunderdrunkcast at gmail.com. And now, as mentioned earlier, you can find us oh, on TikTok. <laughs> oh, no. And one of you is going to teach me how to use it. Uh, and we're on TikTok as paulunderdrunkcast. Uh, you can also search the hashtag Janine's Corner, which I had to create today. <laughs> oh, so tell nice. us, um, tell us in any of those places or on the Slack, if you're already on the Slack or wherever, that uh, you have ideas for scales and, and we'll do some scales. Does that work for y'all? Yes, it does. But yeah. also remember, if you are trying to come up with them, to remember that they need to be for all of Austin, not just Pride and Prejudice. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. We don't, we could, although, you know what, maybe we have a floating category. If okay. you want to suggest something that's Pride and Prejudice specific, that's fine. But know that that we would like to repeat most of them. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. could do like one that's per book, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the golden butthole is forever because there isn't an Austin story yes. that doesn't have a great butthole in it. Right. That doesn't exist. Um, before we do the, the final, final, final stuff, y'all have anything else to add? No. Nope. News to share? Goings nope. on? Nope. I really like Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> oh. That was a fun fucking time, y'all. It was. Yeah. That was fun. If you if you know someone who has a projector, I highly recommend getting a big white sheet, taping it on a wall, and sitting six feet away from your friends while wearing a mask because oh my god, it made me so happy. It was such a good time. It was just um it was just really special. Like it mm-hmm. really f- just felt nice. To, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it, felt, it felt normal in a weird way. Like yes. the first time mm-hmm. we've ever done that, and that felt like a very normal evening. It was yes, great. it was yeah. very nice to be in the same space um, and doing a thing together like old times. It was really lovely. Yeah. Um, we want to thank all of our listeners. This is one of our favorite things to do. Honest to God, it is. As Julie mentioned earlier, it's like sustaining us uh, in this in this crazy time. So we want to thank all of you for listening. And we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters who make it possible for us to do the show because it's not cheap, but in particular, we want to thank, and hopefully I will be able to see all of your names this time. Uh, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Jones, I'm assuming Emily day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegason, Tina Barnett, the other Janine, Kristen, Shannon Duffy, Alicia Glynn, Liz Peniston, Zena Perez, Chrissy Shively, Denise Perkins, Kayla Reagan, Rachel Lazan, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smazza, Heather Robbins, Sweet Sassy Molassie, Brittany, <laughs> whose name I think is Whitney, but Sweet Sassy Molassie. I love uh, it. Brittany Holbert, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazella, Maria, Chantel Salters. Hi, Chanel. I got cold yesterday and pulled out my winter hats. Oh my God, that hat she made for me sits out by my desk yeah. in my work from home situation because it gets cold in there, so I just Put that hat that she made me on. Thank you. Uh, probably once every other Chantal, day. Chantal, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mary the Falling Statue, Philip Nako, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Crystal Nanavati, Mary Lumpkin, Jenna Polkowski, Anne Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirchner, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCrary, Dr. J, Jen Lander Drunken, Drunklin, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and our select den mom, Kiki the, the Wise. Thank you so much. And to everybody else and to the folks who help moderate the Drunk Slack. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're the best. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about episode three of BBC and A&E's co-production miniseries of Pride and Prejudice, written by Andrew Davies, who thinks Emma Thompson ain't shit. Uh, watch along <laughs> with us. If you're through pra- Patreon, we'll be doing a crowdcast. You can watch along with us, and we'll see you soon. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>